Hello, friends. This episode is sponsored by The Little Catholic. Beauty has a powerful ability to draw people to the church, whether it be the sound of prayers, the beautiful stained glass windows of a church, or the kindness of another person. With each handcrafted item, The Little Catholic Shop seeks to empower women to cultivate a deeper faith and inspire a beauty that heals each person who sees or wears their pieces. Their impact extends beyond jewelry and empowering women. They also empower and partner with nonprofits around the globe, designing beautiful pieces unique to their cause and donating a portion of all proceeds back to their mission. Giving back is one of their fundamental values. The Little Catholic has jewelry for everyone. One of their most popular collections is the Holy Family Hearts Jewelry Collection. This jewelry collection shows all three sacred hearts of the Holy Family. Jesus' Sacred Heart, the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and the Most Chaste Heart of St. Joseph. The pendant shows Jesus' Sacred Heart nestled between Mary's Immaculate Heart and Joseph's Chaste Heart, just as they were on that day Jesus was born in the simple stable. A few years ago, I got a small gold crucifix and a miraculous medal that was so lovely and made a great confirmation gift for my goddaughter. Abiding Together listeners can receive 15% off their order with the code ABIDE15. Just head over to their shop at thelittlecatholic.com to find a piece that inspires you. We hope you enjoy this episode. Well, hello, dear friends, and welcome to season 12 of the Abiding Together podcast. We are so excited to be back with you for another season. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. And we have people from all over the world on this walk together, and you are most, most welcome. My name is Sister Miriam James, and every week I'm joined by two of my very dearest friends, Michelle Benzinger and Heather Kim. And we speak about what the Lord is doing in our life, the movements of the Holy Spirit, what is breaking our hearts, what is healing us, and where the Lord is leading us to deeper relationship with Him. So wherever you find yourself today, wherever that is, you are most welcome. So grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast, and welcome to Holy Week, uh, the last week of Lent and the most sacred and holy week of the entire year. So thank you so much for joining us. We're going to talk about the conclusion of Dr. Bob Schutz's book, Be Transformed, which we've been journeying on since the very beginning of Lent. And so, yeah, I think you're going to like this discussion and just kind of wrapping everything up and bringing it into Easter. But before we do that, Heather and Michelle, my dear friends, Michelle, how are we today? How's it going? It is going. I was just telling the ladies before we started recording that I don't know how I feel. I'm not good. I'm not bad. Mm. I kind of need the feeling chart to identify the emotion I'm feeling. I'm weary in some areas, just really weary and still grieving in a lot of ways. And then other Mm. areas, I'm really hopeful. So just living in the land full of paradoxes as the journey of life continues. And I guess the older I get, though, I I think I just realize that I'm okay with the mystery of life and parts of it are just a mystery and it just doesn't have to be wrapped up in a nice tiny bow. It can be messy and it can be a mystery and that's okay. That it, it is what it is. So, yeah. So that is me, Heather. How are you? Um, similar in the sense that, yeah, it's kind of like a, a lot going on, a lot of different things, some wonderful and some really not wonderful. I had hand mm-hmm. surgery a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. uh, for carp- carpal tunnel and I didn't realize the recovery was going to be as extensive as it is. So that's been frustrating because it's my dominant hand. So mm-hmm. it's just hard to do everything, you know, especially at a busy time. It's hard to even chop vegetables, you know, or whatever it is. It's just challenging. So 
with your ankle sister and shell your broken foot in my hand, like we might make a whole person. <laughs> Maybe. You know? yeah, abiding together in the body of Christ. Well, let's go. Come on. Here we go. Oh. It's like facing our facing our brokenness. Exactly. Right? exactly. Literally. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. but we're gonna go to Steubenville for Easter and see the kids oh, and just wonderful. be with that community. And I, I love Easter there. They just do such a beautiful job of their liturgies. So yeah, excited about that. Excited to enter into this week in a wonderful way. And I, I think that's one of the things, like even as we were talking about sacraments in this book, like it's great that in the seasons of life where there's ebbs and flows that we have some things that are constant, that are mm-hmm. steady, you know, even the liturgical calendar that just keep us connected to the real message of the gospel, you know, which mm-hmm. has been really helpful for me. But sister, mm-hmm. how are you? How are oh, you? That's so true. Yeah, I, I agree with, and I hear both of you, it's like those places where you just kind of weary you know, and we just really have to dig deep at the daily, like, you know, no, I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to give into this thought or no, I'm not going to, you know, go down that mm-hmm. familiar path. I'm just going to stay rooted and grounded. And it just, I think, reminds us of our poverty and our littleness. And, and yeah, like you both were saying, it's okay that we're little, we can just be little and learn mm-hmm. and life doesn't have to be clean and neat. And we don't have to know all the answers, but just to be faithful to the daily journey, which I think is often the most difficult thing, right? The faithfulness and the little mm-hmm. things, just where you're like, yeah, nobody's watching right now. I'm just going to say yes to what God's asking of me because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's Amen. yeah, and, mm-hmm. and that's the little things that like, quote unquote, pay off over time. And I think one of the things as we've been journeying through this book of Be Transformed and as we mentioned, we're going to talk about the conclusion today. And there's a, just a really beautiful quote that actually Bob quotes Father Thomas Keating that his mama actually sent him when he was writing the conclusion, which was a great, uh, it's a great tying together. Mm-hmm. It's on page 158 and 159. And just par- the portion, part of the portion of the quote from Father Thomas Keating, it says, the spiritual journey is a struggle to be ever more available to God and to let go of the obstacles to that transforming process. The gospel is not merely an invitation to be a better person. It is an invitation to become divine. It invites us to share the interior life of the Trinity. And I absolutely love that because Christianity is not like therapeutic self-help. It is a transformation unto glory. It's, it is divinization. It's, you know, God becomes man so that we become God, that he brings us into his own beautiful life. And maybe Heather, do you want to talk a bit about just conclusion or just kind of your experience of the sacraments, this Lenten season and kind of what this journey has done for your heart? Yeah, it's, it's actually, (laughs) it's actually been healing in a way. I mean, just to be reminded of the truth in such a powerful way through this book. I won't get into the details, but just on a, in my local life, you know, there's been some challenges with the church and people in the church, I will say more so. And, um, and the enemy so quickly wants to separate us. You know, he so quickly wants to send us into isolation. And so, especially during this Lent, I just felt the Lord like drawing, 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 like inviting, wooing, you know, b- back into certain things, regardless of of the feelings, regardless of mm-hmm. the relationships that aren't great, regardless of what happened in the past. And, and to just go above that, to just go above all of the muck. And I think this is so common for people is that we have things that that go on, even just with individuals within the community, you know, friends or whatever it might be, or this person likes this and this person doesn't like this. And mm-hmm. there's so many opportunities for division. And I was listening to this talk by Francis Chan the other day, who I just adore this man and his intensity and faithfulness. And he was like, you know, many of us have grown up with just a culture of divorce. It's just easy to bail. It's just easy to split when something is, is wrong. And I was 
was like, oh, wow. Like, I mean, maybe he was talking about more Protestant communities, but I heard that, you know, I heard that in my heart. I was like, yeah, it's, it is so easy to just like, maybe not leave the church altogether, but in little ways in my heart to bail, to just split when I don't like it or to not show up in the way that I need to. And so I've just felt a deeper recommitment within my own heart to the Lord, to the church, to the sacramental life of the church and to engage on a deeper level. And it's been very, very fruitful for me, you know, very, my heart is just burning with love for Jesus in a different Mm -hmm. kind of way. I'm super grateful. And a lot of repentance had to happen. Let's be honest on my side. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to think it's everybody else, but there always <laughs> is stuff have. that's just me, you know? Don't we all have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's been very good on a number of levels. How about you, Michelle? It's been interesting. I was praying about that. And I realized like we started off this book study with Bob doing such a beautiful job talking about the Pharisee and the spirit of judgment. Mm-hmm. And so one of my prayers, this Lent has been, Lord, show me where I'm judging others, like in the spirit of judgment is in me. I really don't know if I advise to pray that prayer again. And so, um, because I could really like the Lord's like, you want to see it? I'll show you. And I really Mm -hmm. saw it. And it was so interesting. Like I had made assumptions about two people and two of them were people in the church locally here. And the Lord totally because the Lord um, opened the door for me to have personal encounters with them that I heard more of their story. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I got it all wrong. I totally made this assumption and it's not the correct assumption. Lord, I am so sorry. And it was amazing because once I heard their story and heard just different nuances about their life, I was like, oh my gosh, look at the beauty of them. It was like this beautiful treasure. And I think that is what's allowing just the Holy Spirit to move in through these sacraments. And then it was funny. And then on this past week, there's something that happened in uh, church and it was a train wreck, y'all. It was a train wreck. Like I was cringing <laughs> and I was like, oh, and the mother part of me is like, oh my gosh, like I just wanted to protect certain people. Like it was a liturgy thing and it was just not great anyway. And I was like frustrated and I was like, Lord, help me. And then it was so funny that I walked into to my older sons at home having a conversation about me like, can you believe mom did it this way? She's like, she's totally like, da, 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 da. and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm talking about the church, how they're talking about me. Like, oh my goodness. Like, you know, isn't that like where you call your sibling, like you will not believe what mom did. And that's how I was acting with the church. You will not believe what the church, you know? And I was like, and I just started laughing and the, my boys weren't being ugly or anything, but it was just that same thing. Like, oh my gosh, the humanity part of the church, she's our mother. And we'll be like, oh my gosh, this is what mom did today. But you know, like, and But then I see the mystical part of her, which is the beautiful transformed part of her. And like just to and know it once again, it's a both ends. We're living in that paradox. We're living in that tension. Mm -hmm. But she is our mother and she will feed us and take care of us, you know, and make us a little crazy in the process. So (laughs) that's just part of it. Sister, what about you? Oh, yeah, I think that's that's all the the beauty of that. It's interesting that both of you are talking about repentance, because I'm wondering if you you just think about the particular gifts of every Lenten season. And I really believe God has gifts to give us, particularly in a certain Lenten season. And He gives us, you know, they're similar, but there's particular emphases or nuances. And I'm wondering if repentance is one particularly for the Lent of 2023, because mm-hmm. that's something that's been on my heart a lot. And of St. Paul, you know, in his letter to the Romans, when he talks about the kindness of the Lord leads us to repentance, and he's talking about that very thing of like, don't you think that you're going to be judged the same way you're judging other people? Like, you're not going to get away with everything, you know, just kind of calling the church in Rome to a deeper purification of openness. And 
the Lord has convicted me so much this Lent of the yeah, places where I judge other people or judge things. And I often do like variations of the same thing. And I remember Bob saying, you know, the places where we've been rejected and abandoned and shamed, if we don't allow the Lord to continually tend to that, we're going to do the same thing mm-hmm. to other people. And it's not maybe not the exact same way, but it'll be a variation on the same theme. And so I just noticed in my heart of a lot of places where when that temptation would come up or that action would start to happen, the Lord's like, where where are you trying to protect your heart? Like, where are you afraid to admit your own needs or your own wounds or your own? And I, it was just like, whoo, you know, it's just amazing how, you know, Brene Brown talks about how we all armor up. And it's just amazing how quickly I armor up. I'm like, wow, that's, and that's like such a long story in my life of a particular, you know, situations where you're just like, oh, this is when this happened, this is what I do. And it happens before you can, you know, stop it until you're like, all right, I want to choose something different. And so I think that's, yeah, that's been very humbling and amen to it because I'm like, all right, Lord, you, yeah, I'm just, that's not my job. And my job is, is like Father Thomas Keating is to stay open to you and to allow you to draw me into your sacred heart and to be transformed and to, yes, have correct judgments about certain things, but we're not doing the whole, you know, knife wielding thing where we cut people down or all that stuff that we, it's just easy in a sense, like easy to do and our kind of the chatter that happens in our mind and in our heart and just how Christ doesn't live like that. (laughs) He just lives differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's important for us to remember that this is how the Lord set it up is through the sacraments of the church. This is how he wants to come to us. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we can get in our heads, like especially when we've been hurt and we start armoring up and we're walling up. There's a lot of stories we tell ourselves, you know, to mm-hmm. protect ourselves that mm-hmm. justifying why it's okay to start putting an arm up between us and the church or us and people in the church, which ends up unfortunately often leading to an arm up between us and God, you know? Mm, And um, mm -hmm. I think it's just like, I want to speak tenderly to that because I know those places in my own heart where Mm -hmm. I feel that this is legitimately like I'm hurt. And this person was legitimately like mean or like not Mm -hmm. like this wasn't right. And, and that's true. There's a lot of those places, but at the same time, this is how God has chosen to come to us in a very powerful way. And we, I think we just need to take a very serious look at those places that we've maybe put an arm up so that we can receive who he is and what he has for us through the, the beautiful sacraments. And I think there's very practical ways we can do that mm-hmm. too. So, anyway. Which is interesting yeah. because it tells you like an attachment theory in neurobiology, like our, our mind and our heart are constantly scanning for danger. And so we're either looking mm-hmm. to protect or connect. That's one of those are two main responses is protect or connect. And I was talking to my husband about that this week and he's like, really? And I was like, yeah, either you're looking to protect or connect, you know, but you can't attach if you're in protection mode. Like you cannot attach to another person and you cannot attach to God. If you're protecting, there's like sister was saying, if you're armoring up, you can't come closer to God. And just to that, that the sacraments are a place where we can drop the armor where we can just allow him to love us in whatever way that he is trying to highlight that area that we need our love. But I think part of that is taking the time we've said this over and over again is to become self-aware to ask ourselves, what do I need? Like, Lord, where do I need you to love me? Like, I think even at the age I am now and I laugh, like 
sister and I often laugh, like, shouldn't we be further along in this process? Like, mm. you know, why is this happening? Like in the different areas, but I'm like, what do I need? Like, I still am like runaway bride, like Julia Roberts. How do I like my eggs? I still don't know in some areas. Like, what do I really mm. need? What is the longing of my heart? What is this ache? And why am I trying to cover it up with other things that will not fulfill it? Mm. But sometimes I'm like, I don't even know what I need. And it's taking that time and allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal that to us. And then the second part of that is like, okay, now that I have this need, Lord, how do you want to meet it? Instead of going to places that, you know, that I usually go for comfort Mm -hmm. to get it met, which is, Mm -hmm. that takes time, people. That takes reflection and that takes like a holy pause in the best way. Sister, what are you thinking? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. And I, I I think that's the beauty of the lifelong journey and the the profound reality that we can at any time ask God to renew the graces of the sacraments in our lives, that every morning we can ask God to renew the graces of our baptism, of our confirmation, of a sacrament of marriage for priests who are ordained, renew the graces of the sacrament. And we can pray that for other people as well. And, you know, we can take the Eucharist and as we receive the Lord in our hearts, we can apply that to the places where we experience deep abandonment. Lord, I, you know, with your body, heal my body. Come heal this wound of abandonment. Come heal this pain in my heart. You know, Lord, I belong to you. Jesus, I belong to you. And in, in, in the, the truth of my baptism, in your holy name, I proclaim that I'm, I belong, that I belong here and that you, know, that you love me. And I think those are the, the direct places where we can uh, allow the Lord to continue to to renew us, and and that's the ever living life of the sacrament. That's not like, oh yeah, I made my first communion, you know, when I was seven. It's like, no, I'm continually making my first communion in the intimacy and beauty with the Lord that He's always coming to to make us new. And if that's really true, that Christ comes to make all things new, that means that everything in our life, because it exists right now before the Lord, can be renewed, even in places that seem hopeless and. It, the Lord is always at work. He's always at work. You know, he's Aslan's always on the move. <laughs> just wondering what he's doing, you know. So it's just like the continued, I think, investigation of that with the Lord of like, all right, Lord, where are you at work now? What are you what are you up to? You know? Yeah, I love at the end and the conclusion that Dr. Bob is focusing on the being raised up. You know, mm-hmm. the being raised up. It's like living in the resurrection power of God. It's so easy to forget. You know, I think often we we live like Jesus didn't raise from the dead. You Amen, know, we live girl. like mm-hmm. he just suffered and died, and that's who we're following as someone who suffered and died. And so we just need to suffer and die. And we forget, no, no, he rose too, that all of that was for a reason. And he overcame, and, and that power is available to us mm-hmm. right now. And this is what he wants to do in us. And that part of the story, I think, gets very foggy for us, you know, often, especially in the day-to-day, especially in the little moments, especially in the paradoxes, it becomes very, very foggy that, wow, Jesus has overcome, that he, there isn't still this raging battle between him and the enemy. And we're sitting here hanging in the balance, wondering who's going to win. Like Mm -hmm. he won, he already won. He already has overcome all of this. And so for us to live as a victorious people, I don't know if we've quite come into that, you know, many of us, I don't know if we Mm -hmm. often live like that. Like, no, I, I've been raised in these places in my Mm -hmm. life and God is still raising me from the dead. Mm -hmm. And that says something that says something, even in my, how I deal with the enemy in my life, you know, from my baptism and what God has poured out into our hearts. So yeah, just wondering what you think about that, Michelle. Yeah. I'm thinking like, it was so beautiful. The ending part that 
Bob read that beautiful prayer by Father Thomas when he was talking about just the interior life of the Trinity, being at home in the interior life of the Trinity. And at the very the beginning of the book, Bob said, uses the catechism quote and it says, the desire and work of the spirit in the heart of the church is that we may live the life of the risen Christ. The desire and work of the spirit in the heart of the church, you know, and it's plunging ourselves into the heart of the Trinity. Like we read in another Lenten study, like Elizabeth Trinity always writes so beautifully and lived that so beautifully. And the, in your presence, Lord, it tells us in scripture is the fullness of joy. So where there are areas that I don't have joy, even in the heart, that means that there's an areas of disconnection that I'm not living in this resurrected life, that something to me is not attached completely into the soil of the father, like using like garden language, like deep into the roots. My roots aren't going down deep because there's a disconnection because if there was a full connection that I would be experiencing this fruit, like not being joy where everything's wonderland and, you know, sunshine and rainbows and sprinkles and confetti and all that kind of stuff, but joy where it's like this deep abiding joy, shalom presence where there's this peace. And that means if there is not this peace, then that means that there's a disconnection in some place because Mm -hmm. the Lord gives us a peace that surpasses all understanding. And I think that's the gift that he wants to give us this Easter. Not that maybe that our situations will change dramatically. They can. The Lord can do miraculous things, Mm -hmm. but that our hearts will be transformed and rooted deeper into the heart of the church, into the heart of the Trinity. Mm -hmm. And I think that's resurrected life. So no matter what comes, I'm deeply rooted in love. Mm -hmm. That truth changes everything. And I think that's the... That's really the heart of Bob's book here, that God is with us, that he is the Emmanuel, he is with us, and that his presence is always there for us. And he gives us through the church, literally gives us healing remedies, that he doesn't leave us to fend for ourselves. He doesn't leave us orphans. He makes a promise, and then he fulfills the promise. And we can at any time turn to the Lord and, and find him there in his body, blood, soul, and divinity. We can find him in the sacrament of reconciliation. We can find him in baptism and confirmation and, and holy orders and the anointing and, and the sacrament of marriage. And and that is God's promise. I will be with you always, even until the end of time. And I will not leave you or forsake you. And you're you're with me and I'm with you. And if that's, if that's true, then we can walk through anything. Mm-hmm. We can walk through anything. I was thinking about this experience that I had a really deep healing in my life at mass one day. And I just wanted to share a little bit about it because I think sometimes we think, I don't know, maybe it's not real. (laughs) Maybe it's just like, maybe some people are listening and go, well, that seems real for you, but not for me or, or whatever it might be. But anyway, there was a point in my life, I was really struggling with um, anxiety and depression. I never had struggled with that before. And it came like a freight train into my life, into my mind, into my heart. And there was probably like two years of just like deep suffering and begging God, like going to mass as much as I could and just begging God to come through. And then I remember going through like, you know, the Lenten season, I was coming up to Easter and I was like, Lord, yes, resurrection. And here's a time where you're going to come. And we just went through Easter and nothing changed, you know? And I was like, no, this is what the good story is, you know? And like, it all lines up and that just wasn't the timing that God had. And but I just kept going. And I think that was the key. There was a grace there that I was just like mm-hmm. cooperating with because what can I do on my own? Nothing, nothing good. And then I ended up going to be with a friend uh, who's a priest and just with a community. And he, he prayed a healing mass for me. And um, 
it was like the earth shook in my soul, like as he mm. prayed, you know, and he prayed over me and it was just like something literally felt like it was shaking, like almost like, uh, you know, in the Bible where Paul and Silas are in prison and mm-hmm. the, just the doors like swing open. I'm like, that's what it felt like was happening interiorly within me. So it's like there was a wait and then all of a sudden God came to like a freight train. <laughs> like he just came like with mm. power and, and freedom and like everything changed like from that moment. It sounds crazy in some ways, but it was miraculous, you know, that Mm -hmm. God just came and then freedom came and the anxiety Mm -hmm. left, you know, and, and all of the effects of that left. And I just thought, wow, like that was an experience for me of a deep healing that occurred in relation to the sacraments, but it didn't come suddenly and it didn't come in my timing. It didn't, like he didn't come with like the story I thought he was writing, you know, he was writing his own story. And a story that was much more beautiful than mine. And in the waiting, I would say the the deeper connection that I had with him in the waiting and in the suffering was just as good as the relief that came of the healing, you know, mm. at the end. And so I just think that's important because there's places that are, that wasn't actually a long suffering in the grand scheme of things, but there are places that are long suffering in us. That I think, you know, even in the meantime, sometimes we think it was just like we're biding our time, but God is deeply, like you said, Michelle, wanting to attach himself to us in those places. And that is the actual healing that we need, like more than the relief of physical pain. Mm -hmm. It's the intimacy and the attachment to him. And often that's when it is happening, is like in the small yeses that we make Mm -hmm. along the way. Mm Yeah, I just so laughing, like I was reflecting on some of the things of Lent in this past season, you know, this past couple of weeks and thinking about like healing doesn't look like what we think it's going to look like. And transformation doesn't look like what we think it's going to look like. It's like all of a sudden you wake up, like you realize something like for me, like I'm working on a lot on my breathing. And like a couple of months later, I realized, oh, my goodness, I'm not a mouth breather anymore. I'm closing my mouth when I sleep. But I didn't realize it was happening. It's the small things every day, the faithfulness every day. And then a transformation comes. And so one of the things that we've been working on in our house, especially one of my little people is like, okay, how do you metabolize your emotions when you have anger, when you have things, what are some productive ways that you can get it out? So it's not just stewing within you. And one of the ways that we like to do it is art. And one of my, my uh, youngest son is a really good artist. And so I was walking up the stairs and trying to put away laundry, like for uniforms. And I look up in his room and there is this huge canvas And it has a finger, a skeleton finger, and it is bright red of a skeleton flipping someone off, giving a very not nice gesture, like a very inappropriate gesture in this painting. And I was livid. I'm looking at this. I pull it off the wall. I march downstairs and show my husband, Chris, look at this. And he starts busting out laughing. Like, I mean, he is like dying laughing, you know, and my son was actually playing at a friend's house when I found the painting. And I was like, it was a good thing that he did because I needed to calm down. I was so aggravated. I'm like, oh, my mm-hmm. gosh, how could he put this on the wall? Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And Chris is like, you know, when he painted that. He painted it when he was really mad at both of us because we took the Xbox away. Mm. So then he came home and I was like, dude, what's up with the painting? Like, seriously? And he just started laughing. And he said, mom, you told me that not to let take my anger out this way, or this way and take it out in art. So I took it out on art. And this is what I thought, you know, and I was just like, 
touche, my friend, touche. And I could, but I'm like, but this art is supposed to be beautiful, true and good. And he goes, but it is true. That's how I felt. And so I was like, all right, how am I going to argue with this? But, you know, so we took a picture of the beautiful painting to save in my phone. And then I had to throw it away because I was like, I can't have that on my wall, you know, but, um, but it was just so funny. But the Lord was like, when I was praying about it later, like one, he did do it. He, you know, he's metabolized his anger and the Lord's like, you have to be okay with it being messy or not looking like what you think it's going to look like the healing, but it's coming out in all these different ways. And because if we don't deal with these emotions, they do come out sideways. And then, you know, if we don't deal with these hurts, as sister was saying, they do come out in other ways. If we don't deal with these judgments, they do come out onto other people. We say often like we transfer what we don't transform, you know, in our own lives, Lord. And so I think that's the invitation. What is the way the little resurrections that the Lord wants to show us that are happening daily, even though we don't see them. And even though it doesn't look like what we think it should look like, but the Lord is still doing mighty things, you know, and he's still restoring, redeeming and transforming in our midst every single day. Indeed. And I'm wondering just as we kind of close and we kind of finish our book study here, do you guys want to offer a couple of practical things as we kind of close? I, I would like to offer that the conclusion of Bob's book where he has a list of the renunciations and mm -hmm. the announcements. And he's it's great because he said, you know, maybe you could type this out, but if you have a Kindle version or you could even take a picture of it, this is something, uh, this is, I do this every day. So people often ask like, what are, what are some of the things? This is a, this is a very concise articulation of the renunciations and the announcements of truth. And I think if you'd practice this for the Easter season, I would love to hear what happens to you at the end, because these are the real things where with the power of our will in the name of Jesus Christ, we come out of agreement and we come into agreement. So I'm wondering kind of, even if that as an Easter practice, people are like, what can I do? I, I would highly recommend doing that, printing those out and then praying those all of Easter and just notice what happens at the end of the Easter season where you've changed because the, the proclamation of the truth of the sacraments. But what about you, Heather? What would you like to offer as some practical things? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing at that and also some scriptures that just Mm -hmm. align. You can Google scriptures about belonging, wherever you're feeling pain, you know, about reconciliation, about God's mercy, about whatever it might be. Because I've, I've been hearing a few people say, as you've been listening, like I've been away from confession for a long time and there's reasons why and there's pain and, you know, all of those things. I'm like, let's just start little by little the process of coming so for some of us coming back to Jesus in, in mm -hmm. through the sacramental life of the church. So I think that's one, just to begin the process, to just decide in our hearts, I actually want some movement forward. Mm -hmm. I think also just frequent reception, you know, to make space in our calendars for that. If you have excuses like, well, I don't have a good priest near me. It's like, well, where is one? You know, <laughs> do you have to drive to one? Like it's worth the time and it's worth, yeah. I think about how many things I make time for or other appointments with doctors or whatever it might be that I will drive and I will wait and I will make sure that that's in my calendar but I'm not as quick to do that with things like this. So I think it's just like a, a renewal of our mind. That's what I would mm -hmm. love to encourage people in. Allow God to renew our minds and then take some specific actions about that. Mm -hmm. Michelle? Mm -hmm. And I would go back to the beautiful chart and look at the wound that most stands out to you like the one that you really feel like the Lord is putting his finger on and then go back to that chapter and go back to the sacrament. Bob does such a beautiful job where he gives a lot of practical things at the end of every chapter. And mm -hmm. this is not a book that you just breeze through. This is a book that has to, like we said, it has to marinate and it has to really allow it to take root in your heart and just keep on going back. And like sister says, like praying these renouncing every day, daily, like this is not something that 
it's a one and done. It is a constant journey and it's a consistent back again to the garden analogy. It's a constant weeding. It's a constant watering. It's a constant planting new seeds and pulling up roots that shouldn't be there, especially bitter roots and stuff like that, agreements and stuff like that. And just really look at that and just allow the Holy Spirit to do his thing and his resurrection Mm -hmm. power. Mm -hmm. Well, friends, as we kind of conclude our discussion here, would we like to offer our one thing for the week, which is the last one thing of the Holy Week? I mean, last one thing of the Lenten season. So Michelle, what would you like to offer to our listeners? My um, is a book, of course, and it is actually by Beth Moore, and it is him, her memoir. And if you get a chance to read it, like it is just beautiful. Like I mean, I think God is doing something really beautiful in the body of Christ right now with John seventeen. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll be one. But her journey of suffering, her journey of pioneering, her last mm-hmm. chapter of them leaving the Baptist church, not in a painful process for her and coming into the Anglican church and her talking about the sacraments, the Angl- like I weep. And if you can listen to on audible, her reading it, I've gone back to listen to the last chapter three times because it was mm. so beautiful. And I cry every mm. single time and just, you know, thankful for her and what she's done for the body of Christ and Beth Moore, but it's a great memoir. Mm-hmm. It is really good. It's called all knotted up my life. And I'll post the link. Heather, what about oh, you? That's nice. I have two one things. One, we began Lent. I gave you a Lenten playlist. I have an Easter playlist called Easter. Hallelujah is our song. And there's some similar things from last year's playlist, but I always switch it up. So you can check that out. My second one thing is Dr. Bob Schutz. Thank you so much for the gift of this book. Thank you for the gift of this book. It really has opened up the treasures for us again. And I'm so grateful for you, for your wisdom, for the gift you are to the church, the gift you are to us. You're such a good father. You are. Amen. Dr. Bob. Mm-hmm. Amen. Sister. Amen to that. And my one thing is actually a prayer that Dr. Bob often leads us in the Healing the Whole Person retreat. And it's in the Healing the Whole Person workbook. And it's the the root of grace. And it says, I will let God love me in the places where I feel most vulnerable and most dependent. I will let God love me in the places I feel most vulnerable and most dependent. And maybe that can be our prayer as we move forward, as we walk to Holy Week. We just wish you every blessing, dear friends. Just want to invite you to take advantage of all of the beautiful liturgies this week, the Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Easter Vigil, if you can go, Easter Sunday, please go. It's go and experience the riches of the church and just the beauty of the resurrected life. And it's been a delight to walk through this book study with you this entire Lenten season. And we wish you many graces in the upcoming Easter season as well. So until then, we will be abiding together. God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend and leave us a review? We encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes, links to our one things, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful coffee mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints in our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of the content. We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Body Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 
501c3, and all donations are tax-deductible. You can make donations of any amount through the Patreon website, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier for you. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a Tribe member, and you will receive bonus content every month such as recipes, music playlists, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information at patreon.com slash abidingtogetherpodcast. Thank you so much, and God bless you.